Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Okay, well, not too long ago, there was a man who felt that his wife was being distant and unloving. He wanted to know how his wife would react if he left without telling her where he had gone. So, being the man, he decided to do something great, awesome. He decided to write her a letter saying he was tired of her and didn't want to live with her anymore. He knew it was petty and perhaps childish, but he needed to know how his wife felt about him. And besides, this was nothing more than a prank, right? I mean, it wasn't a real test. After writing the letter, he put it on the table in the bedroom and then climbed under the bed to hide until his wife got home. He hoped to hear her outraged response or to even see her get upset. When the wife eventually came back home, She saw the letter on the table and read it. After a few moments of silence, she picked up the pen and added something to the letter. Then she started to get changed, whistling, happy tunes, and singing and dancing while she did so. She seemed overjoyed rather than crushed or heartbroken. The man was shocked and incredibly hurt, but things only got worse. The wife grabbed her phone and dialed a number. Her husband listened from under the bed as she started chatting to someone. Hey, babe, said the wife into the phone. I'm just getting changed now. I'll join you in a bit. As for the other fool, it finally dawned on him that I was cheating on him and he left. I was really wrong to have married him. I wish you and I had met earlier. See you soon, honey. Then she hung up and walked out of the room. After some time, the husband heard the front door open and close. His wife was gone. In tears and very upset, he climbed out from under the bed and stumbled over to read what was on the unfaithful, to read what was on the letter that the unfaithful wife had written at the end of his letter. With very teary eyes, he read, I could see your feet under the bed, you idiot. I'm going out to buy bread. All that to say, we never really truly know or, or understand what, what our husbands or our wives really feel like or what, what they're lacking. We really don't know. We're not in their minds. We're not in their hearts. You know, we try the best that we can, but we really don't know. You know, and all that to say, you know, for, for future wives, for future husbands, for current wives, for current husbands, it's, it's, it's something that we should know, something that we should care about, something that we should want to know. It's important. It's important in a marriage. Marriage is not always easy, but luckily for us, we have a book. <laughs> How to be married. You know, who Who would have knew there was a book out there, right? We have so many help books. We have so many books about marriage, about relationships, raising children, what you need, what you don't need, what you can do, what you shouldn't do. I have to tell you that this book that we're going to learn from, I have to say the author is pretty credible, given his testimony. Again, the letter of Ephesians that's dealing with marriage, written by Paul the Apostle. And the chapter that we're going to be in, it's practicals, man. It's just 
to be plainly said, it's something that we can apply in our lives, things that we need to apply in our lives. That's what this is. That, that's what this chapter is covering. Things that are practical, things that we can apply in our lives. And in this case, our marriage. For some of you who are not married yet, though, you know, these these are things that you can learn. These things that you can expect. These are things that you can that you can start to understand now. And if I may say, um, husbands, future husbands, future wives, this is something that you should expect, if not demand. It's it's a necessary. This is the way it was instructed. This is the way it was intended. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, verse 22, we're going to jump right into it. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Now, most look at these scriptures and, and see that women are being under men. That's the first thing that comes out. You know, us in our carnal nature, we're like, women submit. That's what the word of God says. That's what you're supposed to do. But, you know, we fail to see or to look at the weight that's actually in the, the, the to feel the weight of the instruction that's given to the man. So let's check it out. Ephesians 22 automatically starts off with wives. Submit to your husbands. We're going to look at four words that will give us some understanding from verse 22 to 24. So real quick, I'm going to jump through all three of the scriptures and then we'll go back and we'll point out the, the, the four words that we're looking at. So 22 was wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord for the husband is head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. 24, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Not some things, everything. Right. That's what we look when we look at it. <laughs> wife, it's everything. It's not just some things. It's everything. Well, let's not forget to consider the weight of that instruction, and we'll get into it. We're going to look at four words, like I said, you know, let's give us some understanding and what the instruction is for husbands and wives. Those words are wives, head, referring to head of the wife, savior, and subject as subject to. Verse 22 starts with instructions to the wives from the Greek word guna, meaning of a betrothed woman. Betrothed meaning to enter into a formal agreement to marry. Pretty simple. This entering, though, into this formal agreement, a betrothed woman is by choice. It's not by demand or obligation. It's by choice. It's a choice made to enter into this agreement to be this betrothed wife. Wives, be married, submitted to your husband, that's to the Lord. Verse 23, the husband being head of the wife just like Christ is head of the church and he's the savior of the body. Now, now we know that the word wife is translated guna, but what does, and meaning betrothed woman, but what does the husband being head of the wife mean or how is it translated? That men control the wife? No. <laughs> Let's look at it. This scripture gives the example. Just like Christ is head of the church and that Jesus Christ is the savior of the body, the head from the Greek word as kaphale, meaning a person's master lord of a husband in relation to his wife or of Christ, the lord of the husband and of the church. Christ, the lord of the husband and of the church. And lord meaning what? Someone or something having power, authority, influence, 
a master or ruler. The head is someone that is over another. For us husbands, by the definition of the translation of the word kaphale, what does that mean? That Lord God, Christ is our master, us, over us. So here in the translation, it's not only for the wives, the husband that's over the wife, it's that's Christ that's over the husband. And that being more important, that Christ is over the husband. Christ is the Lord over the husband, having power, authority, or influence, a master or ruler of the husband. Someone that has, in fact, entered into this submission, again, by choice, by choice. So we have a betrothed woman that, by choice, has entered into an agreement with her husband. Next, we're looking at the word Savior, translated from the Greek word sotea, meaning Savior, Preserver, Deliverer. Again, really quick for some understanding. If you're wondering, how does a husband have any relation to being a Savior to the church? Well, he doesn't. The word sotea was used in references to kings and princes and to men who have done something to benefit their country. So the word here is used in reference to Christ is obviously because he died for us. He did something of significance for us. Men, men are not the savior of the world or saviors of the wives. But instead, we are to be the head of them as if we were like Christ. Like Christ. Love them and see them like Jesus does. After reading this, I was like, oh, Lord, I need you to help me. I mean, I, 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 we're quick to look at the wife and their faults, right? I mean, we're quick to say, look at what my wife does or what she don't do. It's, not, it's, it's, it's easier for us to point those things out or to notice them. Even though if they go unsaid, we're human, we're flesh, we're going to see it. And if anybody says, no, my goodness, you're closer to being Christ than anybody that I know. But looking at them, you know, us husbands are so quick to notice those things. But some advice, if I may. This advice was brought to me by the attention of, my, of the Holy Spirit after being convicted of how flawed that I really am. You know, just a bit of advice for husbands, future husbands. Don't ever forget to look at situations or circumstances from the view of the wife. It's a completely different view, and it's a valid, valid, valid view. So looking at the wife's perspective, and then looking at them and, and realizing, wait a minute, the, 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 the instruction from the Word of God is telling them that they have to trust us and agree to be led by someone like me or like, like yourself. You know, that's... That was another eye-opening thing to say, you know, as flawed as I am, I have the responsibility of having to lead my wife. I have the responsibility of leading my children, my home. That's not something to take lightly. That's not something to, to just say, well, you have to submit, wife, and this is why. You know, again, we forget to look at the weight of what's instructed to the actual man, the husband, the leader, the head of the wife. Going into verse 24, it tells us that just like the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their husbands in, in everything. Looking at the word subject here that is translated from the Greek word hupotasso, meaning to submit to one's control. To yield to one's admonition or advice. To obey, be subject. Admonition or an act or action of admonishing, authoritative counsel and warning. Counsel and warning. The wife is subject to the counsel or warning of the husband. 
Now, what are we looking at here? Okay, we know that the word wives are that woman betrothed to the husband, a woman that is voluntary, voluntarily entered into the agreement of allowing her husband to be head of her, which the husband is now responsible for someone or something having power, authority, or, or influence over. At the same time, understanding that the same way Jesus is head of us, we have to be responsible. We, we at the same cry, at the same time, realizing that Jesus is head over us, we have to be that responsible person of being that same head of our wives. Now I look at it and I'm like, I am nowhere near my Savior, not even close, and yet I follow up with the same responsibility that Christ has over me. Well, I tell you, I need Christ every day. And yes, um, oh, and at the same time, understanding that Jesus is head over us. And yes, we'll get into what that means. Jesus, and let me stress that, we're going to get into what that means. That Christ is over us, and that's the way we're supposed to be over our wives. Jesus is the Savior of the church because he died for the church. Now, maybe this is just me, but reading this, I start to understand and see why our wives are directed to submit to that godly believer that loves Jesus with all his heart. But again, we'll get into that and what it actually looks like. So we have a wife submitted by choice to to the head of her. That is her husband in everything. Now we can say, yes, we are the leader of our home. We are the masters of our house. We are the king sitting in our throne. However you want to say it. We are the king of our castle. I've heard that a few times growing up. Now we can say, yes, we are the leader of our home. Women submits. Well, yes, most definitely. But why should they be willing to submit? Why should they be willing to submit? Let's look at verses 25 through 29. 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, nor but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Husband, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Looking at this, I think how Jesus loved me. First, Jesus died for me. Right off the bat, God sacrificed for me. Because he loves me. Just like Christ loved me and gave himself for me, I in return want to submit to my Savior. I willingly, wholeheartedly want to submit to my Savior. How can we love our wives and family the same way? One word. Sacrificially. Sacrificially. Meaning that we have or have to, that meaning that we have given up something of ourselves for the benefit of, of our wives. Simple. We give up something of ourselves for the benefit of our wives. Sacrificially loving our wives and families. What does this look like? Well, 
We have examples. I think how patient is Jesus with me. Not only patient, but also understanding. Why is my only regret that I wish I would have surrendered completely sooner? Because my God is patient and he doesn't force me to. He's loving, he's understanding, and he's patient. Jesus didn't force me. He loved me back to him completely. Are we being patient and understanding towards our wives, towards our husbands? And don't forget that this is not just for the the married people. This is for the single. This is for the young. This is for the, the old, the seasoned, however you want to put it. This is for everyone. This is an expectation that should be given, that you should have. This is what marriage should look like. This is when you walk into that being that betrothed woman or that head of a future of the head of the wife, this is what you should be looking at. This is what you should be contemplating and understanding. Are we being patient and understanding towards our wives and household? The feelings and thoughts of our wives, do they matter to us? Let me pose a harder question. Do the feelings and thoughts of our wives matter to us when we're angry? Or upset. It's easy to consider feelings when we're being happy. Happy time is great. Everything goes well. Everything's good. Yes, honey. Yes, baby. I, yes, whatever you like. But when we're frustrated, don't look at me. I don't, don't talk to me. I'm busy. I got to watch close. I got to go work on the car. Whatever it is. But are we doing it when we're angry, when we're frustrated, when it, we're stressed? But like Jesus has given us a firm, unbiased foundation when times are hard. Head of the wives, we must give the same faithful, unbiased foundation. What are we giving up of ourselves for our wives and families? We, us men, our feelings, maybe our interests are not always the first anymore. And they rightfully shouldn't. Because we're not alone anymore. We're one now. Instead of what is best for the wives and families, just like the example that is given to us men as head of the wives, let's look at it. What did Christ do for me or for us that put us before himself? What did he do? I mean, he died for us. He died for us before we deserved it. Before we asked for it. Before we leaned on him. Just like the, 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 the lyrics to the song said, when I was your foe, you still loved me. If I didn't say it wrong. <laughs> Something like that. Verse 26 that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. And this time it was custom for the wives to bathe before the marriage. Hence the washing of the water. And the scripture is that like a, a bathing of water? Are we to like bathe our wives with the, with, with, with the Bible? What does that mean that we're supposed to do? What does that look like? It just simply says that um, we have to bathe her with the word of God. Continually pouring into her. I'm going to give you I'm going to continually teach her and show her biblical direction and truth. That's the instruction. 
based only on contextual scripture, though. So that the world will see that outward sign of an inward change in our marriage and in our wives, in our relationship. How can we do this? If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three ways of cleansing our wife with the word of God. They're simple. You've heard them before, but they're so important and they're key. First will be for us to know the word. How can we teach what we don't know? Second is to study the word. How can we explain context to our wives if we don't know it ourselves? Third is to love the word. How can we show the word in our hearts if we don't live it? Our wives and families don't do what we say. We've heard it before from from this pulpit. They do what we do. They don't do what we say. If we love the word of God, we'll live it. It's just, it's factual. It's the fruits of the spirit. That is just, that's what happens. Men, we have the, the best example to learn from, and that is Jesus Christ himself. No pressure, right? I feel pressured already. Verse 27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that he should be holy and without blemish, because we have given a faithful foundation to our wives. Because we have continually washed her with the word. So that what is presented to the Lord will be a glorious church without wrinkle and holy, without blemish. Simple. 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Again, to love the wife more than ourselves. We love them. We protect them. We nurture them. We keep them presentable by not disrespecting them or their bodies. Again, this is not just for the the married. This is for the future wife. This is for the future husband. This is for the future blessing that the Lord has for you that is already laid out. We keep them presentable by not disrespecting them or their bodies. The happiness and healthiness of them comes before ourselves. When we love our wives like we love ourselves, is when our, lives, our wives continually lovingly submit to our leadership, to our headship. Not by force, not by dominance, not by selfishness, but by love and by grace. The same way that we came under that submission to our Savior, God Almighty, was through love, through grace. To know that a wife is loved more than the husband loves himself is to see how Jesus loved us more than he loved himself. How do you know? How do you know? Well, I know, first of all, because this is what has been filled inside my heart. But scripturally, just look. Luke twenty-two forty-two, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Who did he do that for? Who did he do that for? Later in the scripture, it says that he bled, he sweat blood because of 
the pressure, the stress, the actual thing that he was going to have to do, which was die on the cross for us. How many times have we sweat blood for something we need to do for our wives? You know, here of late, I've been looking at it and thinking, man, I think I have to make big sacrifices. Compared to the example that was given to me, nah, I don't even come close. I don't even come close. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. As the weight of the head of the wife falls upon us. As we sit there and understand the weight of us being the head of the wife. Here's the encouragement in times that are hard. We have our, our Savior to lead us. Us that are the leaders, we have our Savior that will lead us. By praying and trusting Him. By trusting that the great I am. Jesus loved us more than He loved His body because He sacrificed it for us. But in sacrificing His body for us, He showed that He also loved Himself. By the glorifying and conquering of death for us in the, in the mighty, glorious resurrection. Verse 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church. We are to love, nourish, cherish our wives. Sometimes I think and wonder, how, how can I nourish my wife? Or what does nourish really mean? Simple means to provide with food or other substances necessary for growth, health, and good condition. That's to nourish our wife. We are to provide for our homes all these things necessary to survive. Food for growth, good health, and a good condition. We give all we can to accomplish this without frustration but with genuine love for their nourishment. At the same time, providing all these same things spiritually. The word for growth, the word for good health, and the word of God for a good condition. Which is the word of God? And by following Christ's example and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, the head of the wives. By this, our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the only way to be that approved husband, that approved bridegroom. Verse 30, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Here we must understand how Jesus feels for us, his church, his bride. We have to understand what Jesus sees and what he looks at when he looks at us. Because Jesus loves us more than himself. And proving that through his death and resurrection. We are members of his body. We the bride. The church. We are members of his body. Because he has led that glorious example that he gives to us. The head of our wives. Verse 31. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. 
It is for this reason that we leave our father and mother and are joined with our wife and we become one flesh. Husbands, future husbands, wives, future wives. When we remove ourselves, we put Jesus in our place. Husbands, we submit to that great example, which is Jesus. Then we will be that great husband that we're instructed to be. Wives, when you submit to Jesus, you will be peacefully, you will peacefully come to the submission to the husband that is yours. We will never be perfect. And none of us are perfect. But we are loved by the one who is perfect. Issues in a marriage arise. It's just the nature of it. It happens in this flesh, in this tent. This is the simple fact that exists in this temporary life. But what matters more than the issues that we face in marriage is how much stronger is the God we individually serve in those issues in the marriage. A marriage that is built on a firm foundation is built by a man and a woman who have Jesus first in their lives. God, then our husband, God, then our husband or wife, then family, then ministry. Verse 32 and 33, this is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. We have this wonderful instruction of how marriage is supposed to be. Realizing that at times, man will take some of these beautiful scriptures and instruction and fail to apply what is truly, truly given. Like the responsibility that is on the man. For us men, it's simple because we love our wives more than ourselves. That gives our brides the loving willingness to submit to a bridegroom that will only lead her to a life that is approving, happy, healthy, and full of grace, patience, and most of all, sacrificial love. In verse 32, this is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Those that are not married or contemplating marriage, this also applies to you. The four, the, the four words that we looked at and translated were wives, heads referring to the head of the wife, savior and subject to as subject to. Wives are not only for women. It is also for single men, single women. It is for young, it is for seasoned, it is for single parents, it is for divorced parents, it is for college students. This application applies to all. It is for every person that Jesus died for. Every person that is part of the body of Christ is the bride. We are what makes up the church. We are the bride. And our bridegroom is Jesus Christ. All the scriptural instruction given in reference to submission of the wives to of the wives the bride and the instruction given to the husband, the bridegroom is simply us being the bride. To Jesus. Jesus has given 
us a firm foundation. Jesus has washed us with his word. Jesus has presented us a glorious church. Jesus have loved, has loved us more than himself. Christ nourishes us. He cherishes us. And because of that, we wholeheartedly submit peacefully to his authority, to his headship, to our Savior. Individually, we're being that submissive bride to Christ. Our bridegroom has held up his end. We pose another question, church. Are we holding up ours? Are we peacefully submitting to the headship of our Savior? If the answer is no, or sometimes, it's okay. <laughs> We're not perfect. But I have good, good news, wonderful news, encouragement. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not promised. Today we can be that willing, submitted bride to Christ. We look at everything that, that Christ has done for us and the responsibility that has been put upon the man's shoulder as being the head of the wife, the head of the home, the king of the castle. And it has to, it has to we have to grasp and understand that it comes with the responsibility of following the example of Christ. It's a wonderful privilege. It's a blessing to have a wife, to become united as one. It's a, it's a beautiful thing that was instructed in the Word of God that, that, that we do. It's wonderful. But it's even more wonderful when we understand what it is and what we're supposed to do. And the way it happens is when each and every one of us individually love Christ and put Him first, that these things apply, that these things come into effect, that things, these things come to pass. It's only by a submission to our bridegroom that we can be the head or that we can be the wife. It's not easy. I'm going to close with this. It's not easy for us in what we're called to do. We have the word that has been placed in our hearts, the, the eternal salvation that has been given to us free with the price that has been more more than what we deserve. More than what I deserve. And with these same things, I'm filled with the way that I'm supposed to love my wife, my family, my house. Again, leaders, when it's hard for us, when it's terrible, we look at Christ first. When we have trouble submitting, we look at Christ. When we have trouble leading, we look at Christ. When we have trouble loving, respecting, surviving, Following the instruction, we look at Christ before we look to one another. And I, I'm flawed. But Christ is not. Are we being that bride to our bridegroom individually? And then second as a unit. If not, we only have to do it today. Take the weight off your shoulders. We only have to do it today. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow's not promised. We only have to do it today. Let's pray. Father, you are truly a, a glorious 
leader, our glorious king, our glorious savior. You are truly deserving, Father, of our submission, Father, because you loved us, because you're patient with us, because you nourish us, because you cherish us, Father, because you love us. We acknowledge, Father, that you are the king, Lord. We acknowledge who you are, Father. We pray for the filling of you continuously that we can be that example, that we can be that wife, that husband, that father, that, that mother, that single parent, that, that college student, Lord, that just has the future in front of them, Father. We pray, Lord, for your filling. It's only by you, Lord, that we can accomplish anything that we need to accomplish in our lives, Father. For, the, for us to take the steps that you have already seen, Father, it only comes by the filling of you. And so we ask that you continually do it, that our hearts may be continually open to you, Father. We love you. We thank you. We need you. Every day, Lord. It's only by you that all these things are possible, Father. We thank you, Father. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.